G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, as we do on a Thursday, always like to touch base with Family Voice Australia, Greg Bondar as Family Voice State Director for New South Wales and the ACT. Greg, a special welcome back to 2020. Thank you, Neil, and welcome to everybody. Hey, Greg, it's euthanasia. It's a number of different states are at different stages with euthanasia. Let's get a focus on Tasmania, though. Uh, Their bill passed the state's lower house last week. What are your thoughts on how things are happening in Tasmania? Yeah, thank you, Neil. Look, the issue we've got here is uh, I'm, I'm so astounded by the fact that the bill passed last week by a majority of 16 to 6 votes. Now, that is really disturbing because one of the things about this bill is that there was, in fact, a conscience vote, so which allowed MPs to vote along their personal preferences. Now, what worries me, Neil, is that if people do not have a conscience about killing babies, unborn babies, then we've got a real issue here in this uh, in, in this country of ours because quite frankly and you and I both would agree to this that that you know we we agree that conception starts at birth and that's the abortion debate now if we get to the euthanasia debate one of the things we've got to look at is that you know the elderly the, the people that are sick or whatever we need to look after them it's a medical requirement it's a medical obligation there are all sorts of things that we can do, and you and I both know that palliative care is one of the major ways we can look after anyone that's thinking of euthanasia. So this is a real issue because it's already in WA, already in Victoria, and it's coming to New South Wales now. Okay, to become law in Tasmania, the bill has to go through the upper house again. It originated in yes. the upper house, now it's passed the lower house, goes back to the upper house. Uh, usually it's the other way around, but uh, it, it's uh, it's got one more hurdle. And uh, I guess yes. what the question we might ask here uh, could be, you know, is there any way of, uh, you know, making any change or stopping the bill uh, before it gets to that final stamp? There is now What's happened is that the lower house made some amendments to the bill, and once you do that and send it back to the upper house for final approval, they have to re-debate it. So in other words, the lower house made some changes, it went back, and some of the questions that were raised, Neil, is really that the bill will allow things to take place under what's called telehealth. In other words, you know, this is a real issue for people saying, oh, look, I want to be, you know, I want to be euthanised, I'll just get on the phone... And, and a doctor will okay it. I mean, it's a real issue because actually there's a federal law that says you can't talk about uh, on, on a carriage service about suicide. So what we've got here is there's a real issue about uh, can I euthanise myself through a doctor's approval over the phone? Now, that's an issue. So that's something that was raised by many of the the politicians. Now. Just pause there for a moment, Greg. Yep. It's the idea. It's, I mean, this is just how stark... 
this is, this challenge, when you talk about telehealth, because uh, in past times, if people have felt suicidal tendencies, they might have picked up the phone to call Lifeline, and uh, someone at Lifeline would talk them through that issue and hopefully save their life. And now what you're suggesting here is going through in Tasmania is the idea that you can pick up the phone instead of calling Lifeline. I think I'll call a telehealth uh, appointment with a doctor and I'll get them to send through some pills and I'll be able to kill myself. That is just, uh, it's a crazy situation. Absolutely. And and, and ironically, both uh, Labor and Greens, who of course voted for the euthanasia bill, say in their debate or in their rhetoric, oh, this would never happen, you know, people wouldn't do that. Well, unfortunately... If people are depressed or lonely or whatever, and, and they get to that moment, they may just well do that, Neil, and we've got to make sure that they are protected. You know, so euthanasia is not a simple solution. I think the answer does lie in palliative care, and, and I think what we need to do is make sure that we still contact the upper house members in, in, in Tasmania and say, please, if you've got a conscience, you surely cannot vote this bill through. Uh, you've got a campaign about this on the Family Voice website. No doubt there's some ways that listeners who might feel particularly led right now to yeah. take some action here, and we're talking probably primarily Tasmanians uh, because uh, other people in other states, they've got their own battles with their own state governments too, but uh, I'll point people to the Family Voice website, familyvoice.org.au. Check that campaign, and no doubt uh, on, the, on the website you'll be able to find some action that you can take in being in touch with your MPs. Uh, just quickly, before we move yeah. on from any mm. of this, though, uh, the idea of conscience votes seems to be, I mean, we used to think of a conscience vote, oh, everybody <laughs> will make the right decision and uh, do something yeah. with common sense. Uh, yeah. Conscience votes now have moved to a place where they're just a sitting on the fence or a likelihood of capitulating to what something that we might say as Christians is anti-Christian, immoral. Uh, it's, uh, it's changing, isn't it, Greg? Conscience votes aren't what they used to be. Absolutely. Now, funny you should mention that because on Monday night uh, we had the webinar with uh, George Christensen, the MP, yeah. who's introduced, you may well know, the Born Alive Bill. And we were talking to him about the fact that, that this is going to be a fairly controversial bill in the sense that, you know, parliamentarians will have different view about Born Alive and abortion. But George made the point that what he's suggesting, that that becomes a vote, Neil. In other words, people should be voting according to their faith, belief, and of course conscience. So, yes, it's become now pretty much par for the course for a lot of these private members' bill or a lot of these contentious, contentious bills, Neil. Okay, and just a, a quick uh, whip around, and uh, to we're talking about Tasmania, mm. uh, euthanasia. I know that in Queensland, uh, they're looking to, uh, you know, short-circuit uh, a, a framework and implement a time frame for their proposed assisted suicide laws. They're going to sort of hasten that in Queensland. And the ACT in the Northern Territory, uh, they've joined forces writing a letter to the federal government to, to demand that legislation be adjusted to allow euthanasia. So when we say that, uh, you know, we're talking Tasmania today, uh, Queenslanders and people in the ACT and in the Northern Territory uh, ought to also be in touch with their MPs. What are your thoughts about the urgency of this greg absolutely i mean i have to tell you we're looking at it very strongly here in new south wales uh, we're going to make sure that every mp in new south wales upper and lower house will be contacted and i 
urged to save for Queensland because, quite frankly, you, you, you get this sort of snowball effect, you know. Uh, one state passes it, then another one sort of piggybacks onto it. We've got to make a stop. We've got to make a stance. And if we can get one state, Neil, to actually put up the hands and say, no, we will not have assisted suicide, uh, then we've got a real win. But apart from that, we need to make sure that our politicians are aware of their moral and ethical and conscience that they have to have when they talk about bills like this. So, yes, I urge everybody to continue the good fight now. Okay, well, let's change direction. And uh, I think uh, what is very, very positive uh, that's happening now and listeners uh, to our regular conversations each week might remember, we were talking just uh, a number of weeks or about a month ago about Barnardo's and the way they had ditched the Mother of the Year award that they had hosted for many, many years. Mm. And uh, you've got a special announcement. Greg, Family Voice Australia is uh, is doing something here to uh, to pick up where that uh, where that's been left off. Yes, Neil, I'm so pleased to announce that Family Voice will now, uh, in light of the Bernardo's action, uh, unfortunately, they're sadly no longer going with the award. We have decided to go with the National Mother of the Year Award, and the good part about this, Neil, is that we're going to have three awards. We're going to have the Young Mother of the Year, anyone up to age of 25, Mother of the Year, which is an open age category, and best of all, in some ways, is the Grandmother of the Year Award, which will obviously be an open age as well, Neil. Uh, that is just amazing. And let's just reflect for a few moments yeah. here, because Family Voice Australia, and uh, you know, you've got state directors representing states and territories all around the nation, uh, different offices in different states, uh, long, long history, 40 to 50 years, I think, the yep. history of Family Voice Australia. And so uh, a perfect fit for picking up on an award like this which is going to recognise mothers and it uh, fits in so beautifully with the whole intention and the whole ethos of Family Voice Australia, Greg. Absolutely. We're talking about family, Neil, and we've got to make sure from a, not even from a, well, from a biblical perspective, definitely, you know, we only have to look at uh, Exodus 20:12 and Leviticus 19:3. We talk about honour your father and mother. Every one of you shall revere his mother. Look, there are constant references to the value that mothers make. And I have to make a point. I remember because I did my Master of Education many, many years ago now. And um, in, in that Master of Education, one of the things that I learned was that it's still the mother that has the number one influence on the development of the child and in particular on the family. So we need to make sure that this tradition traditional uh, uh, movement to recognise the value that mothers make to family and the child is not left to lie fallow, you know. Now, when we were talking about Barnardo's and uh, the way they had ditched uh, the Mother of the Year award, mm. uh, we were talking about the pressure that comes on organisations uh, from the very sort of left, woke uh, pressure that comes uh, in social media and the idea of a cancel culture and and uh, we're talking about the way that pressure comes on organizations and uh, we're a little critical of Barnardo's at the time for ditching the mother of the year award because what's become now quite significant uh, Greg is the idea mm. that even the experts around the world have been having difficulty identifying 
a definition of what a woman is. And so, and so if you've got a Mother of the Year award, it's going to create an awful lot of opportunity for us to talk about women and, uh, and to make that definition a biblical definition. What are your thoughts around the importance of an award like this because of the pressure that women are under right now? Well, that's interesting. I mean, women, of course, we had the International Women's Day uh, on Monday, Neil. So, and we put out a press release saying, you know, we totally support uh, the concept of, of, of the International Women's uh, Day because it, it, it recognises the value of women and in particular mothers. Now, one of the things that we've put in our criteria, now, this application is open to any mother, Neil. Now, but one of the things that they'll need to do is uh, look at our terms and conditions and the application form and we make the point now from a biblical perspective also that we are talking about contribution to the traditional family so in other words the mother has to be part of a traditional family in the sense that if the family structure in our opinion is made up of a man woman and one or more of their biological or adopted children in other words, that's what we decide is really a traditional family. And so in that respect, if they meet those conditions, they are, well, you know, free to enter. And, of course, they'll be considered. Now, we open up, actually, Neil, applications open up on Monday, the, uh, Monday the 15th. So we're looking for a lot of entries. But, again, we're encouraging the young mothers and, and in particular the grandmothers, Neil, that are often neglected to the value of the work that they do. I know, for example, Neil, if I may, today my daughter-in-law, and I'm a grandfather for the first time in COVID last year, she's asked me, could I come and do some babysitting? And I said, oh, dear, you know, while she runs out to do some shopping. And here I'm grandfather, you know. So value of grandparents cannot be overlooked, Neil, just cannot be overlooked. Absolutely. Uh, Monday the 15th, that's this coming Monday, the nominations will open. And so if for listeners listening in today, you know someone who is deserving of recognition in either of those three categories. And as you say, Greg, it's not just one mother of the year now. You've got Mm. the young mother of the year up to 25 years of age, mother Mm. of the year, open age, and I guess that's still the the primary uh, focus is mother of the year, but then also grandmother of the year. So uh, recognising women at all of those different stages of life, just fabulous. So uh, now let me just get some more nitty-gritty here because... Yes. Your intention is to announce a Mother of the Year, uh, and uh, while you're only just announcing that this is happening, taking over from where Barnardo's has left off, there will be a Mother of the Year award coming up uh, just a couple of months away in the week leading up to Mother's Day. Correct. Our first awards will be announced on the week of Mother's Day, which is 9th of May this year, and I'm pleased to say that uh, Christian... Uh, Vision Christian Radio is going to support us in our endeavours to make sure that everybody far and wide knows of the awards in terms of making a nomination. You can either nominate yourself or you can not, or be nominated. But also I'm pleased to say that uh, Rex Airlines have agreed to fr- fly the mother of the year to Sydney for a presentation, um, depending on where that person is, of course, you know. And uh, so that's a really good news because, you know, no mother would have to feel that they've got to pay to come to uh, Sydney for the major presentation. And also I'm pleased to say that the mothers, all three mothers, will be 
hopefully interviewed, depending on the schedule, on Vision Christian Radio, Neil. So we are so excited about these awards. Okay, there's a preview. I didn't know that was coming up, but I'll expect to be able to talk to these uh, wonderful mothers of the year. And uh, look, you know, it is, uh, you know, it's a uh, an honour and a privilege, uh, I think. And uh, I talked about this around the office a little yesterday afternoon, knowing that we would talk about this today. Yeah. And a uh, little bit of excitement there about the way that Vision is getting behind the Mother of the Year Awards. And uh, exciting to hear too, you've got a sponsor in Rex Airlines and things are coming together. So this Monday is an important day. Nominations yep. open. And uh, I mean, I guess there's going to be some creative ways that people are likely to nominate mothers or grandmothers or young mothers of the year. Um, I, I don't know. Is there is there a particular criteria that uh, a listener could take away and say, I might just get in touch uh, or I might uh, nominate that particular mother? Yeah, look, a couple of criteria very quickly. Of course, you need to be a mother of at least one child. Uh, we're looking for mothers that have made a contribution to their families. Uh, we're looking for mothers that have made a contribution to their local communities. We're looking for mothers that have uh, had a positive impact at work, at home, at church, or indeed the Australian community. So there's some of the criteria that we are looking for. And uh, hopefully, you know, uh, we're going to get some real responses. My wife asked me to nominate her. I said, darling, that's not possible. <laughs> and, uh, and, and she said, well, that's okay. She'll nominate herself. I said, well, I'll have a look at it when it comes in. <laughs> but, yeah, we're really encouraging mothers, young mothers and grandmothers, Nell, to please take advantage of this wonderful, wonderful award. Fabulous stuff, Greg Bondar, and uh, congratulations on getting that up and running. Uh, an exciting initiative, uh, Monday nomination date, and of course, uh, we'll look forward to the very first Family Voice Australia Mother of the Year, Young Mother of the Year and Grandmother of the Year Award uh, to be announced in that week in the lead up to Mother's Day. Uh, you can find out some more details when you go to Family Voice website, familyvoice.org.au. That's Family Voice. .org.au. You'll find those other campaigns, especially around issues like euthanasia that we were talking about as well. And uh, there's a bunch of campaigns you've got going all the time, Greg. Uh, just very quickly, uh, you've got some webinars and such things. Uh, anything else yep. on the horizon listeners might need to know about? I really would uh, alert your listeners. We've got two very good webinars coming up. One will be on a youth forum, the challenges of youth in a secular society. And we're, later on, we're going to have a forum from the uh, a Christian Doctors and Medical Association people about do we take the COVID jab or don't we? Our Christian perspective on this. So that's coming up as well, Neil. Fabulous stuff. Familyvoice.org.au to get some details. Greg Bondar is Family Voice Australia's State Director for New South Wales and the ACT. Greg, thanks so much for the update today on 2020. God bless, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.